Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to Board Games FM. Today is November 2nd, 2017, and I'm AJ. Going to chat at you about a couple things today. Um, one of them being um, some games that I've played recently, and another is a Kickstarter update, sort of. So, uh, last night, um, I'm a worship leader at my church, and I have some band members who like to come over after we have our band practice on Wednesday night. So we decided last night to play Castles of Mad King Ludwig. And if you've never played this game before, uh, what it's all about is it's a tile placement game, sort of. You're purchasing rooms to add to your castle, and each room is worth a certain number of victory points and could be worth possibly more victory points based upon other rooms that you put next to it. And um, each round, somebody gets to be the master builder. The master builder is the one who sets the um, prices of the current rooms that are available. And everybody who wants a room will pay the master builder. And when it comes to the master builder's turn, he pays the bank. And then everybody gets a turn to be the master builder. That's how you keep money coming into you so that you can continue playing the game and buying pieces. It's just such a fun game because not only are you trying to strategically build the best castle that's worth the most victory points, but you're sitting around the table trying to think, how can I make this castle look really cool? I mean, you can orient the pieces any way that you want. You can, um, according to a couple building rules, but um, you just, you're just making this really awesome looking castle. And at the end of the game, Whoever has the most points wins, and there's many ways to get points. I named a couple of them. We had a great time playing Castles of Mad King Ludwig. Uh, two of us tied um, at the end, and one, and the one who won beat us by two points. And so, and we had a fourth player who he was uh, he was kind of far behind, but um, uh, it was a pretty close game. Other than that. And then we decided to go for a little gaming dessert after that. We played a small family-based game, uh, another tile placement game called Karuba. Now, in 2016, Karuba was nominated for Spiel des Jahres. I believe it was up against Emotep and um, Code Names, which actually won. And Karuba is a nice little tile placement game where uh, you're, you're, you have um, four temples, and you have four explorers, and each temple is a color, and each explorer is a color that matches a temple. And you're trying to get across a grid by laying tiles that have paths on them to get your explorers to those temples. And when your explorer gets to a temple, they receive the most victory points if they get there first, second, third, and fourth, and so on. And once somebody gets to all four temples or all the tiles are placed, the game ends. Whoever has the most points wins. You can pick up gems along the way. You can... Um, you have to manage your workers because none of them are allowed to be at the same tile on the same time at the same time. None of them are allowed to pass through each other. So it was another fun little game that takes, gosh, it probably takes 15 minutes to play. And we had a lot of fun playing that one. And so those are some games I've been playing. I want to hear what you've been playing this week. On a side note, I want to talk about a little Kickstarter update. Um, you've heard me talk about Thunderstone Quest. Thunderstone Quest will be coming out. It's, it's scheduled to come out in March 2018. That's when the delivery date for this Kickstarter was. And AEG has been pretty silent for a couple months. And a couple weeks ago, they decided to release an update that said, Hey guys, um, we're going to be giving you a shipping update soon. We're like, what? A shipping update on this game? This game's huge. We're so excited about it. Tell us more. 
And um, unfortunately, this week, they they wrote another message and they said, you know, they don't have their shipping update ready yet, but they're hoping that they'll have it by tomorrow. A lot of us are thinking that perhaps, just perhaps, they might be trying to get us the game before Christmas. We have a couple um, reasons why we think that. We think, number one, because most reviewers have their review copies already, and the review copies look to be finished products. So that means they've got some finished products out there for sure. We just don't know how many. Have they already produced the game in its fullness? Are they ready to ship it to the backers? We're not sure, but we're certainly excited to find out. So um, if you're uh, backing that game, or if you're even just excited about it, you're not backing it, but you, you want to, you want to get it when it comes out, make sure you check out those updates. So we're excited about that. As always, check us out at TheologyOfGames.com. Check you later. Hey everyone, Jeremiah here with Board Games FM, powered by TheologyOfGames.com, and I wanted to actually bring up a side topic from yesterday's conversation. So we ended up talking a lot about co-op games and difficulty levels and how hard is too hard and all of that. Well, what I didn't mention was that uh, the night before that, after Dragonfire completely kicked our butts and we decided to go another route for the evening, we played Mystic Veil as well. And now a lot of people said in 2016, Mystic Veil was game of the year, it should be game of the year, so on and so forth, because it's this new innovative way of playing the game and crafting cards and all very valid points. And by the way, it's a good game. I really enjoyed it. Oddly enough, for some reason, it's a game that I only just now got a hold of at Gen Con. And uh, so I brought it home, played it for the first time. I, I know, go ahead, be judgmental. I'm, I can take it. <laughs> but um, I, I wanted to talk about the mechanic of, I guess, the mechanic of crafting cards. Now, Mystic Veil actually isn't the first game to use these transparent cards. Some of you may remember the game Gloom, which was all it was was a deck of transparent plastic cards. And you had cards that you played on the table. They were like your family members. And you enhanced them or you modified them by playing cards on top of them. And it would change how many points they were worth and so on and so forth. So it's not... Mystic Veil isn't the first one to use these overlays. But I think Mystic Veil was the first one to perfect it. Uh, just like, you know, the Asians created spaghetti, but the Italians perfected it. Whatever you want to say. Okay. So my question is, is card crafting a great mechanic and a, a tool that can be used by game designers or is it a clever gimmick? Does it have legs to stand on? And I'm going to say that it is a great tool. It's a great mechanic that you can use in, in game design because AEG also this year just came out with Custom Heroes, which the only similarity that it has with Mystic Veil is that you craft cards. You have overlays and you have cards that are in sleeves and you slide those, those overlays that enhance your basic cards into those sleeves as you play the game. And that is literally the only, the only similarity between the gameplay is, is that you can craft cards during it, which is, is kind of a big thing. It's, it's a big part of the game and how it works. But other than that, it doesn't feel like Mystic Veil 
at all. So I guess to me, you know, maybe we need some more, a, a larger body of work. We need more games to come out that have crafting elements in them to really kind of say, hey, this is something that's here to stay. But I think it's a good start. We've got two games that are very different, but also very good, by the way. Custom Heroes is a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. Mystic Veil, same thing. Critics are raving about it. It's It was a huge hit. It's got expansions already. So, um... So I want to I want to know what you guys think. That my opinion is is that it's something that hopefully it doesn't get overused too much too soon, but I think card crafting is something that is here to stay. It's something that's enhancing and sort of revolutionizing the hobby and it gives designers just another tool in the tool belt to work with as they design games. Do you agree with me? Do you not agree with me? Do you think I'm completely off base or do you think I'm right on? Let me know. Call in here on the Anchor app using that call in feature. You can also just text us, message us on this by commenting on this segment, or you can email us at theologyofgames at gmail.com, or there's all the socials which are at theologyofgames. Let's have a conversation and we'll talk about this more very soon for the rest of this day and maybe the week. Thanks so much for tuning in. I'm Jeremiah Isley with Board Games FM, powered by Theology of Games. We'll talk to you soon. Hey, Jeremiah, this is AJ calling in to respond to your question about card crafting, the gimmick or the mechanic. Well, I tend to disagree a little bit uh, concerning Mystic Veil. I like Mystic Veil a lot. I played it many times and I don't want to overplay it because I feel like the game is a gimmick and I'm okay with gimmicks. I like a gimmick um, every now and then. But in Mystic Veil, um, what's the theme again? No one knows. No one knows what the theme is. It's some kind of nature setting. You're building cards and you get victory points if you do it appropriately. Yay. So I haven't played Gloom. I haven't played Custom Heroes. I don't know how the crafting mechanism works in those games. But I know in Mystic Veil, all it is is a unique way to do, to play a game. But it has nothing to do with the theme. If I play a worker placement game, uh, The Godfather for instance, I want to send my workers to shake down joints and to get, um, to get guns, to get uh, blood money, whatever they need to do their next thing. If I'm playing Stone Age, I'm sending my workers out to get food and wood and stone. And there's a reason for the worker placement mechanic. But what's the reason for uh, the card crafting mechanic? Now, there's many deck builders out there. There's many other Euro mechanics out there and in games that it's like, there's no reason. They just did it because they thought it would be a cool way to play the game. But I like for my mechanic to have... Um, I like my mechanic to be supported by a theme, I guess is what I'm saying. So right now, with Mystic Veil uh, standing alone by itself... I say it's a gimmick. Again, I haven't played other card crafting games. I'd love to see how um, the card crafting fits into the theme of Gloom and Custom Heroes. And I don't even know what other crafting games there are out there. So I'd love to hear more people call in. Tell us more about card crafting games. What other ones are there and what do you guys think? Great conversation starter, Jeremiah. That's my two cents on it. So as always, check us out at Theology of Games. Check you later. Hey all, this is Josh from Board Games FM, powered by Theology of Games. Just kind of weighing in a little bit on Jeremiah's question earlier about um, card crafting. Is it, a, is it a great mechanic or a cheap gimmick? 
Um, I haven't had much exposure to it. Played Mystic Veil the other night, and so that's really fresh in my mind, and I really enjoyed it. I hear AJ's criticism that the theming just isn't quite there to, to really bring you into a story or a feeling or even a setting. I mean, you could change the Mystic Veil theme to really anything, and it's still going to work. You know, it, it is kind of like that mystical, huh, mystic, mystical uh, nature kind of fantasy type theme. But you could put a space theme on that and it would work. You could put an Old West theme on that and that would work. You could put any theme on it and it's still going to work. So I get that. But what drew me in, um, because I do think it's a really clever mechanic, is just the mechanic itself. I really liked being able to create not just my own deck of cards like um, you do in a deck builder, but the cards within the deck. Um, it was a lot of fun to be purchasing different inserts from the marketplace and really just kind of going through it and not just thinking, well, I want that card, but I want this to make the card that I have that much better. Um, I think it added a whole nother layer of thinking about how you're constructing your deck and how you're going to enhance certain cards to really uh, give you an advantage or not. I actually lost, but um, I, being my first time playing, I think I would probably do better the next time around. Just I kind of got the mechanic more as the game went on and just kind of what my strategy would be as far as filling empty cards versus adding to existing cards and things like that. So I really, really enjoyed it. I would be really interested to play Custom Heroes, which Jeremiah mentioned, also by AEG, as is Mystic Fail. I think building more around the concept as a mechanic itself would make things really, really interesting. So eager to get that to the table um, and try that out. I think it would be a lot of fun. And I would love to see this mechanic used elsewhere too. Um, I, I think Mystic Veil in my mind, and I was able to enjoy it a lot, was it's almost, a, it's almost an experiment to try out the card crafting mechanic and see, you know, does it really work? What's the flow of it just from a physical standpoint, picking up cards, putting them in sleeves, making that work. Um, how do they all kind of go together? And I wouldn't even be surprised if AEG, AEG did that to say, let's see how this works and what the reception is. And if it's really good and people dig it, let's start to include that in some of our other games. Um, I could see other publishers too thinking the same thing. Hey, that worked well in Mystic Veil. It looks like it's gonna work well in Custom Heroes. Let's find ways to integrate that in and add a new layer of depth to our game that has a, has a card mechanic of any kind. As soon as you put the card crafting mechanic with it, you're, you're adding some more decisions um, and really bringing more depth to the game. I could see in some instances, it could get too deep and kind of clunky and cumbersome, but I think adding it into a, a, a fairly simple to a moderately uh, difficult game could really turn the tide in the depth and the interest of that game. So I like it. I do think it's a clever mechanic. I look forward to playing more games with it. Um, it just kind of tickles my fancy to be able to customize the game that I'm playing for myself 
and not rely so much on, well, that's what that card does. Um, I can say, that is what that card does, but give me just a couple more minutes and I'll make it do something even better. Um, and just bring, brings in that creativity so you can really pick and choose what you want and make that card work for you. So I really like it. Love the card crafting mechanic. Really, really look forward to playing more games with it. So chime in, call in, leave us some comments. We'd love to hear them. Once again, this is Josh for Board Games FM, which as always is powered by Theology of Games.